Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right. Well, today one of my favorite subjects, automation. Uh, we're going to talk about automation, a little specific uh, area here, what we're calling compliance automation. And to do that, we have a, our great guest here, Mr. Michael Ficini. How you doing, Michael? Hi, Paul. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Um, well, why don't we just start off, tell our audience about yourself. What do you do? You know, a little bit about your background. Sure. So I work for FI Consulting. Um, we're a consulting firm based out of Arlington. Uh, we mostly work with government and commercial clients, and we help them solve problems related to data analytics, modeling, and any kind of technology. All right. Well, good. Um, so yeah, I found out about you because I was reading our wonderful AGA journal there, <laughs> and I saw an article about compliance monitoring, and uh, I believe it was the Winter 23 uh, edition, so folks can go take a read on that. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to go over this topic, you know, kind of get your take on, on compliance automation. What is it? And then we can kind of get through, go through some examples, but uh, let's just start off with that. Yeah. What would you, how would you define compliance automation? Sure. Um, well, you know, compliance automation, it has kind of many flavors to it. I, it's, it could be a very expansive topic. Um, you know, with, with the article in particular, we focused on the Small Business Administration, where mm -hmm. we've been working for a few years now um, in relation to the CARES Act. With them, we were kind of growing a, a, a huge compliance system that we put together for them, uh, and this was revolving around the CARES Act and the 11.5 million loans that went out for the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, you know, this kind of compliance automation was really end-to-end -end working with uh, the portfolio that they accumulated and trying to work with lenders mm -hmm. to see what the SBA's risk was and try to really resolve the outstanding uh, paycheck protection loans that, that were out there and still are out there. We're still working with this. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, this was, you know, a, a really big project. Uh, this came from, you know, a really unprecedented time and just the scale and pace of it was, um, was pretty unique. So pretty quick, uh, quick turnaround type project there. Quick turnaround, and you know, as as well, I, I shouldn't say quick because we are <laughs> still working on it. Gotcha, but gotcha. <laughs> it was it was quick to to really jumpstart and kind of get the the SBA ready to kind of be able to track these loans and make sure that they are compliant with SBA standards, uh, and to make sure that we are protecting taxpayer dollars. Yeah, and this is something I've always, you know, thought would be a great potential for AI tools, AI and automation tools, right? It's just to try to get ahead of errors and fraud and things like that, right? Because it's always, you're always paying and then chasing down the money, right? So, you know, I'm hopeful that this technology will continue to just get to that spot where we can really, you know, try to prevent things before they even go out. Exactly. So. And we, we do, we have a little bit of AI built into our compliance solution with them. Um, but we are kind of bringing it more and more. Our customers are asking for it more, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, exactly what you said, you yeah. prefer to be uh, proactive than reactive. And, you know, you don't have much time either, right? I mean, a lot of the laws and regs say you get the money out as fast as possible. You know, they try not to, to slow things down, but then that's perfect for anybody who wants to abuse the system, right? Exactly. So, well, so back to just a little bit more about some examples of some types of automations or tools even that you would use for what we might consider compliance? I mean, what, what are some examples, some tools, some things you guys do? Sure. Uh, so, you know, we can create tools that do different things. I mean, they can kind of create efficiencies for companies. They can help them adhere to regulations. 
Um, they can definitely help them with audits. That's mm-hmm. something we've been working on much more. Uh, and then grant grant application. Yeah. Uh, we have one tool that we've done. Uh, it's called the our, it's our PIM tool. Uh, and that's been homegrown, and that's really to kind of help assist with the grant application process, mm-hmm. both from the lender and the borrower side. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it, it helps to know where you are in the process, what forms you need to be filling out, um, and the AI and it can, can really, you know, stop you from submitting an application before it knows that you are 100% complete with the application. So you're talking, so give us an example. So let's say you're, you're actually applying. This is a person applying for that, and then they go through, and then based on their answers or things, it will kind of catch things, or how would it work? Sure. Um, or it could be exactly kind of sim- similar to what Gmail does now. Okay. Right? Uh, I, I write something about how I'm going to send you a paper, and I forget to upload it. And Gmail says, wait, I think you forgot to upload an attachment. You say, ah, I did. Yeah, that's right. I remember when that started popping up, I was like, what the heck is this? But, yeah, that, that's a great little feature there. Yeah, you yeah. see that a lot of the companies are experimenting with this all the time. Now you see that, like, Gmail or other applications. Yeah. Try to finish your sentences and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, for, for grant applications, uh, should you forget to attach some pertinent information, that could be disastrous. You're not going to see that, that grant come in. And you might not yeah. even know that that's what you forgot. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, a unique place that AI can really – a good part yeah that's that's right so just not yeah so it's not just defending the government against some you know malevolent thing it's also helping the applicant get all the stuff in there they need to get and it's a complete application and it's compliant you know it's it's from both sides right exactly yeah there's also uh some really neat ocr tools out there Hmm. um and what what these guys do is they can take any kind of paper applications uh that people submit we saw we didn't see any of this with the Paycheck Protection Program, but we do see it in a lot of other areas of the government. Let's, let's think about your taxes. Some people still do their taxes by hand. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and OCR tools, what they can do is they can just scan these documents, uh, many at a time, and they can quickly input that data into a model, into a database, uh, and allow you to then just capture that data and work with it. Yeah. Saving a lot of time. Yeah, that's and are there particular tools or things you're seeing for that? I mean, I know I've seen things like Google, Amazon. A lot of these folks have these extraction OCR extraction technologies are really good right now. Yeah, we 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 don't we lean more towards Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft um, too. Yep. Yep. We are we are a uh, gold partner with them, so we try to to leverage their tools as much as we can. Uh, we do like their OCR tool because we're able to build our own models around it, hmm. um, and so it's it can be very customized for our client. Um, but it also just gives us a lot of accessibility to kind of find what we want. And if there is variation um, within some of these applications, for instance, when you scan a document, sometimes it'll be a little bit off skew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And we can, you know, kind of use our models to better adjust for those types of things. Hmm. Um, and then how about things like, you know, GIS or location kind of services? So for, for GIS, you know, it's, it's helpful in that once we have this, this data in our models, we're able to use that more from a risk perspective, mm. uh, and we are able to kind of look uh, at areas around the country. Let's, let's take, for example, the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can use the data that we have as far as, you know, the loans that are outstanding and that, that are out there, and we can look in a particular area and see – 
you know, the average amount of loans or the average number of loans that went out per business. But then we can also look at that data compared to public and county data and see, you know, is is that seem like the right size for an average business? Mm. Or why do we see such a large concentration of these loans coming from one particular town or city? Yep. Um, and, you know, it just it can lead to more questions. It could also just, uh, you know, put you down a path of trying to figure out why are these loans still out there and outstanding and you know, try to help our client to, to kind of wind these down. Yeah, and I, I've interviewed a lot of folks from, you know, inspector generals and, you know, some of the law enforcement agencies, and they do this as well, for sure. You know, they look at the, the GIS data from where these things are coming from or, you know, the IP address and all that stuff, of course. But, you know, this has an application not just to law enforcement but just to compliance and just being, you know, due diligence of these loan programs and things, right? Indeed. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, speaking of which, uh, actually, we'll get. I want to ask you a question later on about the tools because you know a lot of agencies already have tons of licenses they could be using, right? So, but we'll get back to that. Um, but I, I'm, I think I'd like to share with the audience a little bit more about maybe almost like a case study. And from your article, you did talk about the SBA. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, I understand it was the CARES Act, and so things like the pandemic, how they kind of started all this or pushed things forward. Yeah, so for, for us and seeing SBA as a client, you know, it was really a, a good window into how the pandemic was affecting businesses overall, mm-hmm. especially the government, obviously. Um, you know, what really came out of that was the, the accelerated and quick adaptation of automated technologies, right? I mean, you and I, we're not going to the office, and that was the case for many, many people. Um, and in order for, uh, for you know, kind of our economy to, to make that switch, we had to act fast, and government was the same. Um, they had to get laptops in people's hands. Uh, they had to be able to do their work remotely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what we saw was a lot of agencies, uh, they accelerated their, their push into the cloud. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we do know that, you know, that's kind of been on the government's horizon for a long time. Uh, and, you know, we were kind of probably, I would say, five years out from really starting to get there, but the pandemic just accelerated that. And, frankly, it's been great for the government. It's been great for their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, even though now we're, we're out of the pandemic, um, we do see that that appetite was there um, and – Reduction Act, we saw the money is now being put out there by the government to accelerate this. Uh, they see the benefits. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, when I think back on the last three, four years, you know, there, you know, cloud's been on the on the sideline, or some agencies definitely have jumped into it, but really in the last couple of years, it's like, boom, it's everywhere. Everybody has it. Everybody's using it. It's like, you, if you're not on cloud, what's wrong with you, right? Like, every agency's <laughs> doing it. Uh, it's pretty spectacular how fast that happened and even you know rpa was kind of around you know on the fringes too um and that really took off but then ai is like what everybody's talking about you know rpa is like okay yeah whatever but ai is what i'm really interested in that seems to have taken off extremely fast too Mm -hmm. so i mean i'm happy to see it because i mean we got to keep moving things forward innovating um but yeah i mean maybe it was the pandemic or just the fact that we're all sitting at home we realize 
we got to be on the cloud. We got to have quick access to these things, right? And, and you and I saw it from a, a client perspective. Yes. Right? As trying to, how do they get the same amount of work done with fewer resources, whether they're exactly. in the building or, or they're, or, uh, you know, still, still there. Um, but, you know, when we, when we step back and we think of the taxpayers themselves, right? Yep. It's their money that's funding this. Yep. And they're the ones who are really getting the benefit of it. Uh, with more technology and more automation, you know, at least I like to think they can feel better about their taxpayer dollars being uh, overseen. Yeah. Where the, where's the money going? Mm-hmm. Where, in some instances, where can we find some fraud? Right? Where can and we, and we've seen this in a, a number of places. Um, but also, you know, basically, are they getting their, their basic needs met from a taxpayer perspective? Um, you know, I know there's some programs out there where there, uh, there are public loans and taxpayers need to actually call into agencies to get the status of their loans and to sometimes pay their balance on a month-to-month basis. Yeah. Um, so it, it, and it sounds so simple. Why can't you just log in and, and pay that bill? Um, yeah. But these are kind of some of the low-hanging fruit that are being taken care of uh, now as a result of a, the pandemic and the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, right. We, we want to pay our stuff on our phone or Zelle or whatever. I mean, we got to, you know, and I've seen a lot of transformation with payment, you know, way the government accepts payments too, but even that, you know, needs to speed up a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, back to the SBA then. So give us a little bit more detail. If we, if we haven't read your article yet, just tell us more about that, that project, that use case, just interested to hear about it. Sure. So again, we, we kind of built them uh, a custom compliance solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was four parts, really. It was the lender portal where kind of all these banks that were making the loans, mm-hmm. they would be able to log into this, upload their monthly data um, as far as their, their loan status of their portfolio that's outstanding. Uh, from there, we built a data analytics engine where all of these loans would kind of get processed and ranked and risk scored mm. uh, in order to see, you know, to give them a profile is really what it was. Yeah either at the loan level or at the lender level. And then from there, it would kind of wrap up into a case management tool where someone at the SBA could go in and they could then dissect these loans and look at their life cycle and where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ultimate goal here is, you know, I, I think as probably a lot of your listeners know, the, the Paycheck Protection Program, the loans, were 99% forgiven. Hmm. And the goal here is... Forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, but some lenders and some borrowers either weren't aware of the path to get there hmm. or they're just still in the process of getting forgiven. Um, and so SBA's goal uh, ultimately is to you know, take this portfolio down to zero um, and, and to, you know, Make sure that um, that they're able to tie it up in, in you know, the coming years, um, and so the way that this compliance solution really helps them is to be able to go and look at their portfolio from a lender perspective, mm-hmm. the loan perspective, and kind of be able to slice and dice and see, you know, let's let's go look at some low hanging fruit. Let's see what loans have been out there, where, for instance, maybe maybe they have. Someone has two loans, one from the first tranche and one from the second. Mm-hmm. Maybe their second tranche was already forgiven. Uh, 
Uh, right. That's a unique situation where, you know, what's what's the holdup with the first one, right? Mm. They've clearly gone through the process. They know how to do it. Right. And so maybe they just need someone to reach out to them to help them kind of get that last mile. Yeah, so just really, I mean, facilitating the monitoring, the keeping track of these things, things that pop out or anomalous, you know, that's always something – I mean, so the automation's part of it. I mean, is there some kind of visualizations, too, or things that reports that really help you find these things like that? There are. We, so we, we built a number of dashboards that, again, they can kind of help us to see risk, pro, risk profiles of the loan, loan portfolio. Um, and also, you know, the, the kind of life cycle that they've been going through and whether or not, you know, we can look at very specific portfolios mm-hmm. and say there's, you know, 200 loans from this lender this month, mm-hmm. has it gone down? Has it gone down in the past six months? So are they actively trying to close these out? Right. Um, or are they kind of, you know. Kind of sitting there. Sitting on the back <laughs> burner. Yeah, exactly. So, and then kind of moving to something, you know, kind of for other folks that might be interested in something like this, um, you know, I mean, was this something like a total custom thing or based on existing tools or what do you usually see out there when people want to do something like this? Uh, so it was both for for SBA in particular, and you know, again, we're we're a Microsoft Gold partner, so we really like to leverage Power Apps and mm-hmm. the Azure platform. Yeah, um, a lot of agencies already have access to this application, and so it's a lot easier for us, and it's a lot easier on the client on their budget uh, to just utilize and leverage an application that they they currently have, uh, or just need uh, you know to increase their subscription level. Um, and then for us, it depends on the client. Um, we, we always prefer to customize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of getting into, and this kind of segues into, you know, what have we seen in this space with our clients and how are you able to get, uh, if you're going down the road of compliance automation, how, what do you need to know to get there? What, what makes this process uh, easier and more efficient and more beneficial ultimately for, for the client. Um, and surprise, a, a lot of it revolves around data. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we often start with what is it that you need? Uh, our clients need to be able, be able to articulate what is the problem and how would they like to see it solved? Um, from there, we'll usually iterate and discuss and figure out, well, is you know, is that really the problem that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, and is the solutions that that you think you want, is that attainable? And most importantly, is that what the end user wants, mm-hmm. right? Often mm-hmm. we're working with groups um, kind of, you know, at the, at the higher management level. Yeah. Uh, and we always, we, we really need to get to that frontline worker and make sure that what we're building is going to be useful to their day-to-day right? and not cause friction, right? But I want to touch on something that you mentioned, which I think is an interesting topic. So, you know, used to be the word customization was toxic, right? No, don't customize anything. And I think that really is more for traditional ERPs, things like that. I mean, if you're putting in a financial system, you don't want it super customized because then every time you upgrade or whatever, it's a big pain, right? But I think things like this, they're really meant to be flexible and customizable. That's the whole point, like a power app or whatever these kind of like quick, even like the low-code application, no-code, low-code things. I mean, I think that's what's great about them is they are flexible and customizable because 
every client's or you know agency's requirements gonna be different, a little bit different. It just, you can't just give me like a cookie cutter and expect it to work, right? Absolutely, um, and, and that's you know that's the, kind of the the basis for low code, no code. Yeah, right? I mean it's there. You can use yeah. it out of, out of the box, but what you really want to do is tailor it. And yeah. a lot of these applications they make it very easy to do. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if we want to take it a step further and kind of think about where this is going, um, you know, with a lot of these customizations, you know, you're going to be coding in, say, Python. Yeah. Um, AI and GPT and BARD, are we're, we're starting to see that, you know, developers are able to leverage that yep. to ask that application to help them write that code. Yeah, and exactly. So, you know, developers are able to do this faster because they they become more editors than they do, you know. Coding from scratch. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it really speeds up the process. So this idea of customization, not only is it getting faster, but also the expense is really coming down. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is just a fascinating time. I mean, the chat GPT stuff, I mean, people think it's scary, but I think it's such amazing potential, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Things like that. Yeah, because just what you said, I mean, you know, we don't, I mean, it, it just changed the way you do things. You know, spend less time on all the nuts and bolts and more on what is the question I want answered, and this tool can do it for me. Why, you and, know. And you asked earlier, you know, what do I see as the definition of compliance automation? Yeah. And I think really what that is is it's not a definition, but it's the outcome, right? Mm. You want your employee to spend less time manually intervening and looking for data or yep. trying to put together so the solution right? and have them have more time to be able to consider it and think about it and make actions with that outcome. Yeah. That's, that's the real value in it. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, I mean, compliance, I mean, it has, it can be a, Auditing, auditing or accounting negative connotation like, oh, okay, we're just complying with laws and regs. Well, th- those laws and regs are there for a reason, right? So people get the services they're supposed to get, you know, and it's, so it's, it's getting that, you know, what is the purpose of this transaction or this application? It's to give this benefit. You know, we, we can't be slow. You know, we don't want to be slowed down by compliance issues. So let's, let's get that done. Let's automate it. Let's get it going. Exactly. And, and we can take some really basic examples, mm-hmm. right? That, you don't, need, you don't need a consultant for. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you already have these applications, just kind of automating your reporting or being able to create dashboards, mm-hmm. and this is a great use of, you know, Power Apps, is being able to kind of create a dashboard that will then link to your data, which will get updated every month, mm-hmm. and that dashboard can be automatically emailed to, to you or your team or your group yeah. or whoever it might be. Yep. Um, and, you know, you make that investment for the first time to get that up and running. But then thereafter, you can spend more time on this report and trying to figure out what are we looking at and how is it going to solve our problems and where should we focus our energy now, right? That's powerful. Exactly. So a couple more things for you. So going back to that, you know, if I mean, for the SBA, you got a pretty big project here. It's kind of, you know, a specific use case. Um, now, I guess, you know, where would you kind of – have agencies start if they're trying to automate more things like this, you know, like what tools do I use? What do I do? I mean, I would think a lot of it is what do we already have, right? Certainly. Uh, you know, we, I would say look at what you have. Yeah. Um, see what makes sense. Uh, 
I think you probably get this question all the time when it comes to cloud migration. Mm-hmm. AWS versus Google versus Microsoft. Yep. Look at your applications. See where, see what you're already using. See where the knowledge base already sits. Um, you know, I think the the less friction you can cause down the road for people having to learn new technologies, the better off you're going to be. Um, and then, you know, there's a few other things. You know, know where your data is. It, it's incredible how often, you know, I, I talk to either clients or kind of other people within the federal and commercial space that it's really hard for them to find their data and yeah. access it. Right? <laughs> and sometimes they just they have multiple uh, kind of strains of that data in, in, in different warehouses. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, knowing where it is and having a plan for how to allocate it going forward, um, I think that's that's pretty important. So, any other tools you want to highlight? I think you mentioned some pretty fancy OCR stuff out there. What are some of the things that that's been making? You know, capabilities of that of that technology that you're seeing that are really interesting. Um, so I think the I think where we're going to see it play a big role is um, with the IRS. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think again they still receive a lot of handwritten applications, mm. um, and I think any kind of OCR that they can bring in is really going to speed up their their processing. Uh, I, I think you and I talked about there, there's actually a mountain out there. Uh, West Virginia that has a bunch of government documents yeah. that are still <laughs> written by hand and still, you know, no one has access to that data. Yeah. Uh, I imagine, I would hope at some point, <laughs> an OCR <Scan> yeah. <laughs> would be used to, to scan that. I'm um, sure there's some really valuable insights to be had there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know IRS is going through a big transformation effort, a lot of just getting things into digital format yep. is one of their big initiatives right now. So it makes a lot of sense. And it's not always your current data, right? I mean, yeah. to be able to have that historical view and see how actions are changing within your customer base uh, or how trends are being affected by even the economy, mm-hmm. these are important things, right? The more data you have and the further back you can go, the better you can be at trying to predict what's upcoming. Yeah, that's always a fun one, the predictive analytics tools, you know. Because, I mean, you know, if that works so great, I have a great stock portfolio, right? <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I think, you know, they, they are doing some interesting things. The more, I mean, again, it's more data, the better data. You could at least get a shot at putting some patterns together, do some regression analysis or something, try to see what where things might be going or, or how to deal with similar situations that pop up over and over again, right? Exactly. Well, uh, Michael, you know, half an hour has flown by already. This I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day long. But uh, any, uh, I don't know, final thoughts or just, Things you might say to folks that are interested uh, to learn more about compliance automation or what they can do. You know, I think specifically with with your with the federal employees. Yeah. Um, again, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Think small, start small. Uh, just look at your your kind of daily and your weekly workflows. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you can automate some of those processes pretty pretty easily. Um, and then, in general, you know, I think every consulting firm out there is, yeah. is, is helping with this and is doing it. Um, and you know, reach out. It's it, it always helps to get a, a second and outsider perspective and view on what what your processes are and right. kind of how to enhance them. Yeah, get some demos. There's all kinds of really interesting tools, things that you already have. You can customize, like you said, or there's other you know freestanding tools. Are very fascinating. Um, 
And like, you know, by definition, anything that's compliance rule based is perfect for automation, right? Absolutely. That's the whole point. RPA <laughs> loves uh, rules. So if you can follow the rules and you can make make a bot do it, get AI to do it. So, um, but yeah, Michael, thanks again for joining us today. Really uh, enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Paul. Great being here.